0: You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikenna Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. John chapter 2, we'll read from verse 13 to the end. Okay, we'll read together. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the morning changers doing business. When he had made a weep of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Twenty. Then the Jews said, It has taken for the six years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Verse 22 of our text is where we are going to take our interest from. 22 says, When Jesus had risen from the dead. Then his disciples remembered what he had said to them. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. I want you to say a word of prayer for yourself. And for anybody just that, Lord, I want to believe the scripture. And I want to believe your word. I want to believe the scriptures. Lord, help us. Spirit of truth, breathe upon us so that we will be believers indeed in the scripture and in every word Jesus has spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter 1 verse 1, 1 to 5, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus is the Word. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the Word, and this Jesus is God. And the Bible says in verse 3 of John chapter 1, it says, All things were made through Him. Praise the Lord. So all things were made through the Word. Isn't it? All things were made through Him. So all things were made through the Word. Now we begin to see why it is important that we believe the Word. Praise the Lord. That we believe the Word. In normal language, if I say, I want to lay hold of it for me to believe, that means I want to touch the matter. Isn't it? When I touch the matter, then I know I'm touching it. When I touch the physical object, I'm touching it. But we now that are spiritual, we must come to the place where if we can get the word, if we hear the word, we can say to ourselves, we have already what? Had it. Why? Because all things we are made what? By the word. Praise the Lord. So we see something here. We ask ourselves this question as we just move on. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. We know that. What is Psalm 119 about? What, what is there? Is written by? Sorry? Is on the word. Psalm 119 is about the word. It keeps, it's almost, you know, repetitive, emphasis, but there is something about it. It is instructions. Instructions. One of the most popular verses there is as, How shall a young man cleanse his ways? It says what? By taking heed according to your word. I try to give this a theme. I may change it as we go. But it says yes to Jesus, but on my own terms. We don't want that. Praise the Lord. Because as we journey in this Christianity, even myself, I bear witness that in so many areas, I don't take it the way he said it. You know, we love him. Praise the Lord. We love him. We love him. There is no doubt about that. And many more do love him. And he knows. But look at what he said to us in that text. It says many believed in his name. Now I'm beginning to see that there is a progression from believing in his name. Because what we saw in verse 22, which was what you know, captivated me to this day, They said when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this to them. And then they believed the scripture. What did they believe before? I'm going to tell you what they believed before. Before they believed that he would establish the kingdom of Israel just like David did and conquer Rome. So they believed in Jesus, but they did not believe what Jesus was saying. There are two different things. Praise the Lord. Have you had instances where you're having a conversation with somebody and the person is not understanding what you're saying? Because already the person has believed what you should say. Do you understand? The person has taken it that this is what you're saying. So whatever you're saying, the person can't comprehend it. They believe in you, but they're not listening to what you're saying anymore. Unfortunately, in our time, if you looked at Christianity looked at, you know, yourself and your environment and what is happening, you see that many people do not really believe in the word of God or in the words of God, if I could use that. But they believe in God, unquote. And this is what the scripture was saying here. It says, Jesus, a message translation of this 24 now. But Jesus did not commit himself to, to them. He says, he didn't entrust his life to them. He knew inside out. He knew them inside out and knew how untrustworthy they were. 25 says, 25, he didn't need any help in seeing right through them. So, I don't know whether this is an indictment or an unveiling. For you and I, what Jesus was saying is this, that I believe in something. Nobody can quarrel with you that you don't believe. But then, what happens? Praise the Lord. What happens after you do the believing? Because we're going to look at another text, John 8. Okay, let's look at it immediately so we get it, you know, outright. In John 8, verse 30, the Bible says, And Jesus said to the Jews, John 8, verse 30, please. He spoke these words to, okay, as he spoke this, was many believed in him, yes, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, are you seeing it? Look at 30. Let's go back to 30. We need to get something here so that we can pray and we can be in a safe place. My concern for us today is the place of safety. Praise the Lord. So that you can really be safe. So that we can be saved. So in that John 8, what does it say? It says, as he spoke these words, what happened? Many what? Believed in him. Full stop. Can anybody take it from this book that they believed in him? No. Just the same way. Many of your friends, many of our friends... Many of, you know, people we know, they believe in God. They believe in Jesus. Even if you push it further, are you born again? They say, I'm born again. How did you get born again? I heard the gospel. I responded. Can you question that? No, you can't question that. So let's go. So they believe, verse 31 now says, Then Jesus said to those who what? Believed in him. So this is the next step. And what did he say to them? He said to them, if you abide, what? In my word, you are my disciples indeed. What does the word indeed mean? Indeed means, if we could say, like where we said it, you're holding it now. Praise the Lord. You're holding it now. This is the manifestation. It's clear now. So Jesus was saying, if you only believe in me, if I'm wrong, please help me correct it." Jesus was saying, if you just believe in me and do not abide in my words, you are not indeedly my disciples. Is it possible to? (laughs) Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that what he's saying? He said to the Jews who believed in him, if you, you know, I think a preacher was making mention, and he said the ifs of the Bible. I guess maybe one of these days, we're going to look at the ifs of the Bible. That's where there is going to be calamity. The ifs of the Bible. And people don't give attention to the ifs. People just jump up, not to your teacher, you understand what I'm saying? Was it last week we were talking about marking yourself? I used to be surprised how I feel. I'm not a person for details. Thank God I married Momichi. Momichi is a detailed person. I don't do details. If I'm reading something, if there are errors in it, I won't say it. Because I read and jump, you know, if I see two statements, I conclude with a fourth and fifth. I just move on, Um, you know, and that helps me. I read fast and all of that, but I miss a lot of details, okay? Now, the ifs of the Bible is where the challenge is. Notice here, he said to the Jews who believed in him, many would have started running off. We believe in him. But this is what he said, if you abide. That word if cancels those who don't abide. It removes them completely. If you don't abide in my word, that's what they say, you are not my disciple at all. Let me prove to you. Go down, verse 32. Let's see verse 32. Verse 32 says, and this truth you're going to know, how are you going to know the truth? Because you believe. No, because you continued. That's what will help you to know the truth. And then the truth will make you free. But look at 33. Let's see what 33 said. To show you now... 31 said, he spoke to the Jews who what? Believed in him. So, let's take it that, um, okay, um, Pastor Chris, please. Pastor Chris believes in me, okay? Just come. Pastor Chris believes, you know. And we are together now. He's standing with me here. He believes in me. Now, this is what Jesus said. Pastor Chris, if you listen and continue with this instruction, you are my what? Disciples indeed. That's what Jesus. Then 33 says, We are the people who believed in him. Look at their statement now. It says, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you can be made free? Are you seeing that believing is not enough? Are you seeing something? If you believe everything he says is okay. So I don't know what it is, but now. So you believe, but I say, let's turn left. You say, why are we turning left? Can we get to the same destination? No. The moment you believe, you take your brain and do what? Suspend it because you have said this man. You see, how many of us have traveled outside where you live and asked someone for instructions? Anybody done that before? Or you carry GPS in your head. Now, you travel outside where you live and maybe you leave Abuja and you find yourself in Ibadan. And you say to someone, take me to the uh, train station in Ibada. And the person is moving. He wants to make it right. He said, why are you making right? Is that not a left turn? Will anybody do that? You will not do that. Why? Because in that situation, you know that you don't know what to do. So even if the person is wrong, you don't know. Do you understand? Even if the person is wrong, you don't know. You're following the person. Why? Because this person's understanding has superseded yours and you have accepted. But many times, we as believers, when we come to God, we say we believe. We say you are God. I mean, the other day, I can't remember what was happening. And I just paused again. And I said, we call you God and we ask you questions. Why are you doing this? Even doctors, a lot of us don't ask doctors questions. We don't ask them. They don't explain what they're doing. Because they went to school. They passed 2nd MB, 3rd MB, d- did housemanship. They are wearing lab coat. Praise the Lord. Most of them, you know, wear glasses. And then whatever they say to you, they say, don't eat pamoy. And you love pamoy. They say, you can begin to Sometimes they say, it, it's, there was a time one said to Momichi, add weight now. They can't tell you anything. And you say what? He say, yes, doctor. Thank you. Because you believe that they know what they're saying. So nobody would actually get up and say, I believe doctors. I believe in doctors. Nobody would make that decision. But everybody follows their instruction. But we will say we believe in Jesus, but we never follow his instruction. I see where the thing is getting k like now. That's where the problem is. And that's what Jesus was trying to say here. And that is what Psalm 119 he says. By your word, I've been made wiser than my teachers. When you follow instructions, the benefit—the way it came to me—I was afraid of even writing it down, but I say this: since it's reoccurring, it said Jesus is the product or is the machine. Now His word is the instruction that will help you use it. Do you understand? Many, and it can help your emotions. I love Jesus. We can sing the songs. But if you don't follow the instructions of Jesus, how can you benefit? And that's why he said to them, if you now continue, if you abide, the word abide means to live. It means to take, make your dwelling in my word. He says, when you now continue in this my word, you know what he says? He says, you will now know the truth. Does it mean that believing in him did not make the truth known to me? I bring you another, you know, dimension, which I hope you you know, capture, but if not, maybe at a later stage. Do you know that spiritual truth does not come into the mind when it is spoken? Spiritual truth is known when you obey. Spiritual truth is experienced. That's why you see a lot of men, a lot of people that are proud that they know the word. Knowledge of the word does not give you knowledge of the truth. Knowledge of the truth is in obedience. That's why the Bible says receive with meekness the engrafted word which is what? Able to save. You see, many times and note taking is very important. There are some pastors that punish people for not taking notes in church. But I don't do that because they would have been punishing me all the time. I don't take notes. But you see, when I'm listening, I'm listening. What is the instruction for me today? So you might say hundred things. Are you getting me? But I can receive Two instructions. And when I go, I will work on those instructions so that they become what? Truth to me. Why is that important? The thing we are learning, we are not going to write an exam tomorrow. There is no promotional exam in Christianity. Every day, it's life lessons. So as you come to church today, the Spirit of God knows you're here. Words will be coming that are instructions for your survivor, instructions for your deliverance, instructions for your healing, instructions for your prosperity. As those words come, you can write it down. But if you don't follow it, it will seem as if you didn't hear anything. That's why 10 people can be in a meeting and one will say, I didn't hear anything. The other one will say, ah, do you know I heard so many things? And then one will go so excited. The one who is going to be blessed is not the excitement. It's not whether you heard or not. It's the one that did in the hour of life what they heard in that meeting. Truth is encountered. He says, if you continue, if you're joining in my word, then you'll encounter the truth. When you encounter the truth, all of a sudden you see the freedom. And that is why the Bible says, you know, at a time, the Apostle Paul speaking says, that at a time where I should have been giving you solid meat, that you have need for me to still be giving you uh, uh, milk. You know, why is that so? These people have not matured. Maturity is not by passage of time. I hope you know that. If you raise a child and that child, you never win the child from milk, you continue to give the child milk you will find that that child at six years is using his teeth or her teeth to bite feeding bottle. That child cannot bite meat because that child has not encountered. Truth has to be what? Encountered. Truth has to be submitted to. So what are we saying here? The Bible says in Genesis 6, 6 Genesis 9-14, 6, we won't be able to read all of it. But in essence, it's talking about Noah here. And it says, Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. You know, Noah found grace before God. Go to verse 14, please. Verse 14 says, God said to Noah, okay, go back to 13, please. God says, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. What is coming to Noah here? This is salvation that is coming to Noah. This is salvation. If I go back, it says, Noah found grace. Isn't it grace that saves us? It's grace. Grace is what saves us. So Noah found grace before God. Now, this grace that Noah found before God, you know what he did? He gave him instructions. He gave him instructions. In verse 15, okay, now let's read 14 and 15. 14 and 15. 14 says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with what? With peach. If this thing was not made, would not have been saved. So what saved now? What saved him? The ark of grace. When grace came, it was here on Friday you were teaching us that we should not waste grace. Grace, anything that can be wasted is not the ultimate. It is the necessity. It is the foundation. It is what must be there. But now you have to build on it. The apostle Paul says, the grace that was given to me was not in vain. I labored more. So, here we find Noah obtaining mercy and grace. Salvation came. Then the salvation said, this is the instruction. Make yourself an ark of wood. Look at 15, what it says. I like the way 15 says, He says, this is how you shall make it. I want you to pray from today for yourself. Every day, how should I live my Christian life? Don't allow anybody deceive you. Praise the Lord. Don't allow anybody to deceive you. No matter how you and I feel. No matter how we feel. It doesn't matter. This is how you will do it. You will make it. You will follow instructions. In Psalm 138, verse 2, part B. But we can read the whole psalm. David there was exalting the Lord and worshipping the Lord. And this is what he said. He says, I will worship toward your holy temple. And praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. It says, for you have what? Magnified your word above all your name. If you have the amplified, you can give it to us, please. You have magnified your word above all your name. It says here, "Things you have magnified your word together with your name. Okay, the classic. But in essence, David is saying to us here, in my relationship with God, I must listen for his word. Do you know that everything we see in our world is responding to the spoken word of God? Everything. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning what? God created the heavens and the earth. Did he have a factory? How did he create the heavens and the earth? And God what? Said. The same way everything God is going to do with you and I will be determined or based on what God what? has said to you and I, so if we want to end, to have an end that we will be rejoicing over, to have a life that we'll be rejoicing over, to have a business that will be rejoicing over, to have a marriage that will be rejoicing over, to have children that will be rejoicing over. I was listening yesterday to a lady and, you know, to a woman, and I was so blessed by her. This woman said her children from two years old, for those who their children are still two years, our own children now are bigger than us. You know? Two years old. He said he makes the two-year-old to fast. Six to six. Some of us that are 27 here haven't done six to six. He said uh, some people are laughing. Maybe we need to fast soon. Anyway, he makes the two-year-old. Say from two years old, they fast. From two years old, what are the things? He said vigil. They pay tithe. Uh-huh. Any money. Imagine, imagine a five-year-old. Uncle dashes the five-year-old ten naira, and Mama says, "Pay tight." But you see, it's wisdom. Praise the Lord! It's wisdom. He say he makes them pay tight from two-year-old. He say vigil, they go for vigil from two-year-old. All of that. She was such a blessing. Praise the Lord! So all the two-year-olds here, get ready, get ready, get ready. And the elders that are not even paying tight, the two-year-olds will bear witness against you. Praise the Lord said how did i get that she said she gives them this as a foundation she doesn't waive it for them why life is not lived on emotion many years ago here yeah, we learned that you see the devil doesn't look at somebody and say you're too young for me to tempt the devil has no exclusion he doesn't say ages between you know age age from 18 to there that's when i come he doesn't say that he doesn't say that he goes all out and the same way you and I must what? We must determine to follow God word completely. So God says, my word. Jesus is saying to us, my word. And why is that so very important? It is so because the devil that we call the devil, this one that if I call the prayer point against the devil, you will see gentlemen behaving like aboros now. Eh? The Ember Mons. You don't hear such things here now. You know why? We are seated in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers. We are not under the control of the moon and the cycles of the earth. No, no. Our destiny is that he says he has caused my line to fall for me. What? In pleasant places, not the moon that will determine. Praise the Lord. But the devil that is the devil, let me tell you his assignment. Revelation 12 verse 9. Put it on the screen so every one of us will read it. Revelation twelve nine, and I like us to read it after this one. We can read the NLT or some simpler version. Let's read together, everybody. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old, called the devil and Satan. Stop. All these are telling us what his names and his offices. Let's read it again. So the great dragon, great dragon. That's one. The serpent of old. Call the devil Satan. We know him. What does he do? What does the devil do? The devil does not have big hook putting into people's throat. All the devil has done from Genesis and what he will continue to do till Revelation is deception. That's the office he occupies. Is deception? Is deception? deception. Is deception? That's the thing he does. And what is the weapon against deception? Truth. Truth. And that's why Jesus said to us in John 8 that we read, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free from the devil's what? Deception. You know, we we live in a world where falsehood is so fashionable. Lies. You know, someone has said that before truth. Where's the shoes that lie has what gone halfway around the world we live in a world where falsehood is so acceptable so common you know you hear the statement you know life is too short better enjoy it how many of us have heard it how many of us have made it made the same statement life is too short to enjoy it but you know that is turning truth upside down what should be said is eternity is too long better prepare for it if life is too short and the short life would determine where you spend eternity. Is it to waste it that should be your concern? I remember many years ago, I can't remember a decision I was trying to make, and it would have been a wrong one. And the person I was speaking to say, say, Pastor, Pastor, you don't live twice. In other words, just do it. I think we're trying to make some purchases, and and I said, no, I can't afford this one. He said, I beg, you don't live twice, just buy it. If I listened to him just buy it, maybe he would have seen me here, I'll be raising offering. And say, you know, the God I serve. You see, why is it that when somebody, (laughs) praise the Lord, when somebody wants your money, they will claim that their God is rich. If my God is rich, I should be giving you the money. Anyway, that's not the sermon. But the person said, he said, you don't live twice. And then I thought of it. And wanted. I said, and then, if I don't live twice, the one I'm living, I should become a fool. You know, people hear such statement. He said, come on, just do it. Just, And you're wondering, where is discretion? It's because I don't live twice. That's why I should live it well. It's because eternity is so long and this life is social. That's why I should learn to endure. That's why I should have self-control. But such things, you see how strange it sounds to you? Because falsehood has become so popular. What is not true? Why? Because the devil, one of the names is called also, is called the prince of the power of what? The air. He has the airwaves. So what he says goes viral. This viral that you're learning about now, the devil has been going viral. You know, I was reading up something. Someone was, you know, put on social media and the person was talking about that thing that they did in secondary schools with Bible where people have to swear. I didn't steal. Return, return, no shulamite. How many of us heard of it? Where did they teach us from? The devil has the airwaves. How many of us heard of a uh, Bush Baby? Have you seen it on Nigel? The devil has... How many of us heard of headhunters in my school? At a season, one month, everybody was under panic that there were headhunters, that they had killed, cut off 20-something heads. You know, the devil just has a war spreading bubble. He can use United Nations. So I hope you know that. Uh-huh, with Corona and the rest of... He can use anything... Okay, even concerning Corona, how many of us have seen that BBC is doing a study to find out why Corona didn't kill us, and they say maybe it's poverty that saved us. <laughs> you see, they have to keep changing. Before they say poverty will kill us, and then they say Corona will kill us. So Corona, <laughs> but minus times minus is it not positive? Uh-huh. So poverty combined with coronavirus is life. The devil has the airwaves. That's what I'm saying. Lies, 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 falsehood. Things that hold no water. Things that are as false as possible. But because this is his job, look at what we read in Revelation 12. Now he says, serpent of old. I don't know how old you are here or how old you may be listening to me. But this deceiver has been deceiving. He deceived angels in heaven, even before Adam and Eve. He took those rebellious angels from heaven to hell. If that is not power, that is some power. It's like the people who keep calling you now and say that um, they're calling from your bank, your BVN number, they want to. How how many of us have been shortlisted for the coronavirus special fund? They are the children of the devil that are working in his department. And if they're not succeeding, they would have stopped calling. Child of God, this enemy wants to deceive us. And he can go to any extent. You know, let's take it to the other extreme. You see, uh, two weeks ago, we, we did the funeral service of um, one of our members in the church, a very committed member, sister in the church here. And the truth is this. The Bible says precious in the eyes of the Lord is what? The death of his sins. Is not a surprise. We are going home. This is not home. We are doing a work here. We have being called to do something here. We are running our race. When the time is over, they will call us, and we are going to go in different ways. And the Lord said to me, "Ask your people how many of us will be surprised if the rapture took place now? We will be surprised. But you know, do you know how many times? Come with me to the Bible, Revelation three eleven. Just help me quickly." Revelation 3, 11, he says, behold, I'm what? Coming quickly. Coming quickly. Revelation 22, 7, he says the same thing. I'm coming quickly. 22, 12, 22, 20. He says, I'm coming quickly. Do you know that as at the time of Paul, the apostles, Peter and the rest of them, they thought that Jesus will return in their lifetime. Do you know that? Now we are 2,000 plus years after. And many of us are not having that in our calculations. The truth is this. We could go now. It could happen now. There's nothing that is left to... I don't know if you saw the conference. At, I don't know whether it was at Geneva, where the wives of the heads of states took a picture. You know, either um, climate conference or something. But the wives of the heads of state took a picture. And amongst the wives, there was a man. Because the man there was the wife of one of the heads of state. Do you understand? Oh, yes. I told you that I saw a documentary where one of these TED talks, where they were now pushing that pedophilia was now a sickness. So the people who have it should be understood, not criminalized. I know the people who are speaking it, not men or women. The devil is doing his work. That's why you and I cannot let emotions carry us away. We love the emotions, we feel good, but we have to get down to the nitty gritty. What does he say? Because if we don't listen to what he says, we are going to get into trouble. We're going to get into trouble. One of the parables that i would never really understood very well until today, you know, let me just jump because, you know, we don't have a lot of time, is the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew 22. In that parable, the master wanted people, isn't it? he got the fish ready and he sent his servants, go and tell the invitees to come and none of them would come. So what did he do? He sent them to the highways. He sent them to the byways from verse 11, you know, and he sent them all over, bring people and they brought people. And in the day during the feast, the master was walking around happy that finally there were people. And then he saw somebody and he said to the person, Look at what is there. I like the Bible. He says friend, not anger. You know, the most dangerous rejections is where someone is rejecting you, not in anger. Because he can't cool down and change his mind. Have they refused you visa before? They are not angry or they weren't angry. They say, sorry, Mr. (laughs) KK. You know, if it's Nigeria, they say, come on, go from here. Come on, if you beg, he will change his mind. They're smiling. They say, thank you, but I'm sorry. (laughs) They're smiling. They're smiling. (laughs) He said, friend, how did you come in here? What? Without a wedding garment. And the man was speechless. Why was he speechless? He knew what to do, could do what he was to do, but just didn't do it. May nobody here miss it in the name of Jesus. I want to ask you, why should any Christian miss heaven? In fact, not Christian. Why should anybody on earth miss heaven? You know, the other day, my wife and I were discussing, and you know, what of these people that are born into Muslim homes? What of these people that are born into, you know, um, hidden, you know, cultures and all of that? Let me ask you, all those people that are born into hidden cultures, who introduced them to cook? Who introduced them to enjoyment? Who introduced them to driving cars? Who introduced them to all the good things of life? Listen to me. Inside of every human being, you know what is good. The issue is, are you ready to pay the price? One of the major reasons we have, and that is why God has to, you know, intervene in Nigeria. One of the major reasons a lot of Muslims are still under the Muslim faith in Nigeria is for economic interest. This whole thing that is happening, where if you're a Christian, you won't get into a position. It is a strategy, and that is why some of them can't confess Christ. I have people who say to me, "Pastor, I will come to your church." Some of the, a lot of the people in my state. You know what they're coming? They're coming, my pastor. So I, that's my prayer point, Lord. I'm their pastor, and I'll be their pastor indeed. They know, but you see, if they become Christian, they won't be promoted with their F in English. They can't be made MD. If they become Christians, how are they going to, you know, get to the headship of the boat? How are they going to get the contracts? Everybody knows the truth. Everybody knows that the name of Jesus is the only other name given. The only name given under heavens by which man was, shall be saved. Everybody knows. But different interest, Different interest. Just like we know. We know. And sometimes we wish we didn't know. Because we want to walk in our own ways. But this morning, I just want us to confront the truth. The truth is that you won't be here forever. I won't be here forever. You know, how many of us feel that we are hearing about people dying a lot? How many of us? It's because we're in the neighborhood. At a particular age, we you don't even know people die. You're just plain. Even when they say someone has died, it doesn't register. But as you're coming up, as you're coming up, it's just like weddings. For those children that are eight years, seven years, wedding, they don't even hear. They say, wedding, they, they just go and eat rice and go. But when you're in the you know, in the some, when you hear if the wedding is in Kogi, you will hear it, it will be sounding in your ear, wedding, wedding, wedding. It's in your neighborhood. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the way life is. We are not going to be here forever. Are you sure? Are you living this life the way Jesus said you should live it? So that you wouldn't... You see, Jesus was so truthful. Our Lord Jesus said to us, He said, why? He said, I can feel his emotions there. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? Ponder that question. Why? Why do you call me? Lord, Lord, and do not do. Why do we do that? We say, I believe in you. You know, I love you. Jesus, I love you with all of my heart. He said, thank you. But do what I would Say, do what I say. The life was in him. The truth, the deliverance is in continuing with him. I don't want to begin here to mention things, but we all have the Holy Spirit. And like we've learned here before, you see, the way this thing happens is like you enter school from primary school and you're going higher and you're going higher and the stakes are changing. So as we're here now, I might say to somebody, why do you call him Lord, Lord and say you love him and you live in fornication? You're deceiving yourself. Do you think he will open the door for you? And for somebody, his own is at the level of, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you bear unforgiveness towards your neighbor and for another person it might be why do you call me lord lord but you're so full of yourself it's like the pharisee that came to pray and said i'm not like other men he truly was not like other men. the other man you know we read the bible and we just jump and we don't think he said i fast twice a day the publican does not fast he tithes the publican does not tithe he probably, you know, was faithful to the laws of Moses. And the publican was not. So if he said, I'm not like other men, he was not telling a lie. It's just that at the level you have come, if you had come close to God at all, you would have known how higher, how much higher God was than you. That you would not compare yourself to other men. You would compare yourself to him. And then you would begin to see what Isaiah said. I am a man of what? Unclean lips." Unclean leaves. There's a level you get to. It's not the people under you, you see. You see the holiness of God. There's a level you get. You don't judge the love of those under you. You judge your heart. You say, God, why am I so wicked? And they say, oh, why do you feel you're wicked? It's said, because, you know, when this person said this to me, I did not sit down and encourage her. It's levels. Because the closer you get to the sun, the hotter what, you feel it. That's what it is. But these are things that show that we are making progress. That we are taking his word seriously. It's not one bad. You see, the salvation is the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. The death of Christ purchases salvation. But to remain in the house, God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. God is speaking to each and every one of us. He's speaking to you as you come. He's speaking to some of us the other day. You know, the Lord said to me, Anybody that you will hear that he died. And you say, hey, make sure you pray for them when I bring them to your memory. Do you understand? I mean, that's very simple. So, I'm not praying. I'm, now, I'm like a phone list. I'm saying, Lord, you know. So that when they say they died, I will not say, eh, yeah, 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 yeah. What are you crying if you didn't pray for them? For? What is the cry for? I mean, not, maybe not for you. Maybe for me at my level now. So he says, you know my desire. It is not my wish that what? Any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we thank God for health. We thank God for this. We thank God for that. But ask yourself, when the person journeys from this earth, where is he going to spend eternity? I was driving out this early morning. The sky was, you know, it was dark, but there was just this beautiful light, you know, you know sunrise coming up. And I felt, oh Lord, what a beautiful earth you have made. And he said, you need to get to heaven. People of God, we need to be heaven-minded. You know, when believers are heaven-minded now, they're called old school. You need to, it's the devil that is deceiving us. Our product. You know, the Bible talks about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness. Peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. That's our product. I've read the Bible. The Bible did not make testimony in the New Testament about prosperity for any New Testament believer. It didn't talk about marriage even the few, the few ministers there that they talked about, their own sickness, God didn't do it wonderfully. He said to Timothy, what should you do? He said, take a little wine for your, what? Frequent infirmities. To the apostle Paul, what did he say? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, you know why? He has given you something so much more. Not that those ones won't be there. But you have been raised to a higher level. He said, these are the things that what? The Gentiles seek. You can't make it your occupation. He you said, Jesus, Jesus, in the parable of the talents, He said to them, He said, Come, well done, what? Good and faithful servant of the He said, Enter. He said, I make you ruler over what? Ten cities. God is not looking at you as a New Testament Christian to deliver you, to say, You have been delivered. He's looking at you to be a deliverer. He said he has made us kings and what? Priests. We are not the citizens of the king that is begging him to give. We are to rule and decree and restrain and release. That's where he has brought us. The blood has elevated us so high. But because we don't see it, we keep thinking of ourselves down. What does he say to us? The disciples, of the Bible said, when they remember, they believe the scripture. I want to encourage us in this, you know. Quarter as the year is beginning to run. When you read the Bible, read it literally. Read it literally. Challenge yourself with some questions. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 8, please. 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. There the Apostle Paul was talking about finishing his race. And he says, says, finally, there is laid up for me, what? The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, what? Will give to me on that day. And he says what? Not to me only, but also what? To all who have loved his appearing. Christians are those who love his appearing. Recently, I told you about three months ago, God blessed me with a new car. And the day the car was leaving Lagos to be driven down to Abuja, if you've had that experience, you know it's not an easy experience. One hour will be like five days to you. Because, you know, I wanted to see the car. And the Lord reminded me, he said, the way you're waiting for the arrival of this guy, are you waiting for me like that? Are you looking forward to my appearing? Some of you, there is something, they tell us, Claude, they say they'll deliver today or tomorrow. There is something about your eagerness for that thing to come. Challenge yourself. Am I as eager for Jesus to appear as I am for some of those things? Because these are the things that will help Refocus our minds and keep us free from deception. Keep us free from distraction. Keep us free from discouragement. The enemy cannot discourage any Christian who is following instructions. Unless your view, your vision is diverted, you cannot be disillusioned. The Bible says, "Looking unto you see." Jesus ran the race. Jesus set the pattern. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who what? For the joy that was set before him. There's a joy set before you. There's a joy set before you. It doesn't matter how you came to church today. It doesn't matter the circumstance in our country. It doesn't matter the situation in your family. There is a joy set before you. There is a rising. There's a rising. Yes, there is a rising. There are things written, there is a blessing. God has already walked a walk. And Jesus says, I have gone to prepare a place. So when he established the communion that we're taking today, he said to them, do this what? In remembrance of me. And then he said to them, he says, this I will not do it until what? That day when we will do it in my kingdom. Isn't that something to look forward to? Imagine if you hung out with your unbeliever friend. And then from time to time, you say, wow, I can't wait. And they say, what well, can't you wait for? I can't wait for the day I'm going to have supper with Jesus. But you see, you can't fake that thing now. You can't fake it. If you're not expecting it, you can't say it. But our prayer is that it becomes so real. It was the joy, the strength. It was what helped the New Testament believers. You know, we say times are difficult now. But if they're ahead of us, they will spank us. Because nobody's been beheaded. Nobody is suffering such kind of you know, cost for being a believer. No, nobody is really doing that. But a little inconvenience here and there. So this morning, I just want to provoke a revival in your heart. A revival in your spirit. So that the things that matter will occupy your heart. So that the things that God said will come in and be what you meditate upon. So that you can truly, as his word has said, Reign in life through the one, Jesus. It's when we follow him wholly that we reign in life. We become a wonder. We become a powerful. You know, we become like the wind that no man can predict. No man can restrain us. They come this way, you are going the other way. They just can't understand it. Why? Because you are totally in line with the author of life. You're living life by the word your life becomes a power, a testimony. Father, we thank you. I just want you to pray in your heart. Ask the Lord, Lord, revive me. Revive my heart. Some of us may be new believers and all you know may be just one. Lord, the one that I know, Lord, refresh it on my heart. Let me lay hold of it. I want you to ask the deceiver to go far from you. You won't entertain conversations with him again. No, you are born again. You are born of the spirit. You are born of the water. You are a child of the king. You don't dwell here. Say, so your citizenship is in heaven. That's where your life is. He says, when he appears, that's when you see the full me. What you're seeing here is assignment, what you're seeing here is product. What I'm to do. But who I am and my reward. You can't see it now. One of the behold, I'm coming quickly. Revelation 22, 12 says, my reward is with me. Many of us, you don't know how pleased God is with you. But you are almost weeping. You're almost discouraged. Because the world is not celebrating you. The world cannot celebrate you. The world will celebrate its own. Some of us, God has used us tremendously. And you may never know. Maybe for your interest is hidden from you. But heaven is saying, That's my son. I'm proud of him. That's my daughter. I'm proud of her. That's my child. He's standing for me. You're looking for his appearing. He's waiting on you. And he's saying, Go. There's a future. There's hope. Something is about to happen. Lord, we are thanking you. In this new season, we raise our eyes. We we'll lift our heads. We are no longer bowed down. We are citizens of the kingdom. We are people of the word. We are people of the book. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. And peradventure, there is someone here. You have been around. You have been hearing the word. And if they asked you, God forbid. But if the rapture had taken place. And you were here. And I would ask you, why didn't you make the rapture? Would you have a genuine reason? Would you be able to say it was impossible for me? Or just that you didn't take him seriously? At the beginning of the year, you remember? The Lord said we should take him seriously. Lord, revive my heart. Revive me in your word. Revive me in your truth. Put a hunger in me for the things that matter, for the things that are yours. I know that many things that the enemy have magnified over my eyes as necessary, as essential. You are a good father. You are a good, good God. You said it is your good pleasure to give me the kingdom. You said these things the Gentiles seek after. Isn't that what he said? He said, but you and I, what should we do? Should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And these, all these other things shall be added. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. For you will do what you say you will do. Today I receive grace to do what you say I should do. That's my prayer. What about evangelism? What about witnessing? I don't know how you're doing in that area. But I can do a lot better in that area. How many people do you meet? How many people do we run into? And we don't tell them about Jesus. And yet we know that the Bible says, He that wins souls is wise. And yet we know that the Bible says, There's rejoicing in heaven over one soul who repents. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. As we come to the table, we are going to gain strength. But I want you to ask. Lord, with this strength, let me love my brother. Let me love my sister. With this strength, let me be zealous for your ways. With this strength, Lord, give me a heart for the suffering. With this strength, give me grace to bear wrongs that are done to me. Let me be able to endure. Let me not count it against those that have offended me. With this strength, oh Lord, let me run this race and be a witness. The Bible says, through us, He diffuses the fragrance of Christ. Lord, I want to be a witness to you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We're sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Quarimpa Expressway, near Next Cash and Abuja, for telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.